0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble
1: responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
3: Welcome to Up On Game presents Taylor Scouting. Coach Randy Taylor is bringing his 40-plus years of knowledge to you. This is Taylor Scouting. And now,
4: here's Coach Randy Taylor. Hey, folks, this is Coach Randy Taylor. They call me Coach Taylor. I'm with the Up On Game Network for Taylor Scouting podcast. And uh, these podcasts are on uh YouTube, they're on every uh, place you get podcasts, Apple podcasts, all those different things. Uh, I'm going to talk about football, college recruiting, uh, pro football, anything related to football and recruiting, and then do some other things related to preparing to be a, a great athlete, and we'll go through those things week by week. Uh, Today, I am fired up to have Adam Peters join us here on the podcast. He's Assistant General Manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Adam is a product of Monte Vista High School in Northern California, went to West Valley JC, then came to UCLA, and uh, Adam was a great addition to our program. He's married to Jennifer with two girls, the love of his life. Alexandra, and Amelia. When he came to UCLA, he was a defensive end back in the day. Uh, He he had some, uh, uh, got some work in, competed, uh, ended up working for me as a graduate assistant in operations. Uh, He was assistant uh, in recruiting and pro liaison duties and, and many other things as he got assigned. Then he moved on to the New England Patriots, where they came to campus and met him. And they loved him when they saw him. He made a huge impression, and that led to him joining that organization. From there, off to the Denver Broncos as a director of personnel, where he did an unbelievable job, and currently is the assistant general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome aboard Adam. Great to have you today, thanks, Randy. That's quite an introduction and uh a lot of it I have to uh, thank you for hey buddy. How many super Bowls have you been a part of?
5: uh well, I've been to six three three wins and three losses so trying to trying to get back above five hundred right now
4: okay, so you were with New England. How many were at New England
5: so yeah, when I started in New England, it was like the first two years and and we won the Super Bowl both years and I thought, man, this is easy. And it was great and everything was awesome. And then it took me another ten years and, and a lot of ups and downs and, and to get there again and, and to be able to, to win another one with the Broncos after we had lost two in between. But really been lucky to be, you know, with now three great franchises with with the Patriots, where I learned so much there. And then you get to Denver, and I'm working with John Elway and Matt Russell and those guys, and Gary Kubiak, who's actually visiting us today because two of his sons coach for us and learned so much from them and then come to the 49ers with Kyle and John and uh, the York family, the ownership, it's been fantastic. So, you know, I, I wish I could take credit for all this, but I've been lucky to have three fantastic organizations and a lot of success.
4: That's kind of what it takes, isn't it? Is there a difference in those organizations or are they the same but have minor differences? Yeah, I think
5: each each place has its own culture, their own way of doing things. And and really, you just try to take away all the great things from each one. And and with, with New England, it was the, probably the best place that, that I could have ever started because they were so detail-oriented, no no stone unturned. You worked, you worked your tail off. You know, they call this. 20, 20s, so you're 20 years old, working 20 hours a day, making 20 grand a year. And now as an exaggeration, I wasn't making 20 grand a year. But, you know, you learn, you get a great foundation for how hard to work and, and do all the little things to, to find, you know, to find the Matt Slaters of the world, you know, playing special teams for UCLA. But and then you, got, I got to Denver and the people, the people there, it was a, a totally different culture and it was more fun. And New England, as as much as we won, you know, it wasn't, you know, the winning was fun, but it was a very serious office. And Denver was a little bit more lax, but I figured out you could still win by and still have fun at the same time. And then um, getting to the 49ers, which has been a really, really special experience and being around a a person like John Lynch, who's, um, we call him Captain America. He's like one of the greatest Americans walking the earth and just, and to have that person as your boss taking care of you and showing you the ropes and teaching you and then to have, you know, in my opinion, the best head coach in the game and Kyle Shanahan teaching us all football. I just came out of a team meeting where, he, I mean, he, he, he shows all 11 and tells every, every, what everybody's supposed to be doing. And everyone in that room is just, in, you know, just locked in learning just the nuances of the game. So learning from Kyle, learning from John, learning from all the people that i have been around here. We've had a couple of GMs, Martin Mayhew, Rand Carthon, head coaches with Mike McDaniel, Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans. There's been so many wonderful people here that I've been able to learn from. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that that we've done here is is collaborated and working together, coaching and scouting, you know, all around. It's been very communicative and very open and that's created a really, really cool environment that, that John and Kyle and Jed really all,
4: fostered and what we followed. You know, on the Taylor podcast, Taylor Scouting podcast, we like to educate folks. And I think you'd be great to talk about lessons learned and advice for any upcoming NFL gurus out there, or even college personnel guys. What are some of those lessons, Adam?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. And and really, it's about, I think, just getting started is doing as much as you can, right? When I was with you, you know, we you know there was only so so much recruiting we could do. So go and work in the video department. Go help with the coaches. Go sit in on the meetings. And then when you get the opportunity to meet people, really take that and and try to foster those you know networking uh, opportunities. And and is a fine line from really bothering someone, hitting them up all the time, where it's all where you can just check in a little bit. And so we have young men and women that that I meet throughout you know. You know, going to the combine, going to All Star games; those are great places to meet young, young up and comers, and just just touching base and staying in touch. And I think showing the people that can hire you that you're really motivated by doing a lot of extra things, whether it's going the extra mile in your work, writing extra scouting reports, going to one of the scouting academies, or working for the Senior Bowl, something like that. Just showing that you know this is this means something to you, and and that goes a long way. So, I mean, I think that would probably be the biggest thing is just whatever you think you're doing, just do a little bit more and really take
4: take advantage of the opportunities when you get a chance to meet people. Hey, do you keep a list of those folks that you've worked with and, and guys that you know are up and coming for future op- openings or opportunities with your organization?
5: Yeah, yeah, we have a big database actually and we're kind of right in the middle of that right now, hiring another scouting assistant and um, this this is our time when we do a lot of hirings and there's there's guys going to other teams and you have to fill in spots. So um, right now we have we have a ton of guys that we're coming through all the resumes. We're doing Zoom interviews. They're coming in in person. So um, yeah, you have to, because especially when you have success and we've been lucky to have so much success, when that happens, there's, there's inherently turnover, right? So Rand Carthon goes and gets a great job. He's the GM of the Titans. Now we have, he may take a couple people. So we have to backfill those. So we're always constantly trying to, fill in the pipeline. And and we had Ethan Waugh who was here before me. He's now with the Jaguars, did a great job, has a scouting assistant program. So I would say 75% of our scouting staff right now came up in our scouting assistant program, which is what I started as a scouting assistant. So you're always trying to fill those guys in and help them move up the chain. And so um, yeah, it's it's, it's a constant thing. It's a year round thing.
4: You know, you've always been an organized guy, and I figured you'd have a list of some kind and probably be one of the leaders of the pack in, in some of these things. One of the things that I think is interesting is the difference between college and pro scouting or evaluating. Can you compare the two? Yeah, I think,
5: um, we'll start with college scouting. I think that's really where it all starts, right? I mean, you, you do high school and, in and- There's projections involved in college. There's also projections involved, right? Where you're looking at this, this young man is not a finished product, but you're trying to project them into your offense, your defensive scheme. And then the, really the the biggest part, and maybe the biggest difference between college and pro scouting is the person. And we do so much research and information and digging about not just the player on the field, but the person and what. What makes him tick? What What are the things that that shaped him as a young man? What are the things that we need to help him uh, build? And then things that he already has in his toolbox, whether it's on or off the field. So we spent a couple of years really talking to uh, the pro liaisons like yourself when you're at UCLA, uh, position coaches. We talked to the academic advisors, the trainers, the strength coaches are great resources. So we have about two years of information that we We build and figure out where they grew up, how they grew up, who their family was like, how they learned football, how much they love football, goes on and on. And then obviously there's the evaluation portion, which is, you know, via tape. uh, We go to practices, we go to games, we go to all-star games. So you put that all together and and you you build a report on the player. But we've always said that the place that we've missed most on players is really not so much the – actual player like seeing how good he is on the field everybody can see how good nick bosa is or fred warner it's is that person does he love football and is he going to do everything he can to maximize his talents and that's what we've missed and that's where we've learned a lot of great lessons that hopefully will get better as we keep
4: doing this how do you hear about a kid in college that you want to keep an eye on is that a part of the process i know in college recruiting we're looking at eighth graders you know those kind of things yeah yeah
5: so, I mean, there's so many. Obviously, there's so many of them, right? You can you can't look at all of them all the time. The freshmen, so they're first uh, eligible to be a pro after three years out of high school. So that's when we really start doing the full evaluations, right? And and because if you try to do everybody at all the same time, it just it's too much work. But you get them in the, in their third year. That's when you start really watching them, evaluating on tape, and and talking to their coaches. But There are cases where, I mean, guys stand out, like Drake Jackson, for example, who's a second year player for us. We saw him as true freshman year and he balled out. I think it was against Utah and he was the best player on the field as a true freshman. So those guys are always in your head and you're always keeping tabs on them, but you're not really doing a full workup until they're a junior and they're eligible for the draft.
4: That's a kid I saw in eighth grade before he went to Centennial in Corona. He's a great kid, good family. What's more important to you guys is that there's a fit or the raw ability?
5: Yeah, that's that's a great question too. And I think it, it it goes hand in hand because we we have we have critical factors, we have we have a vision statement who I'm sure you could look it up online, but there's the 49ers talent and the 49ers uh, spirit, right? And so all those things are encompassing. There's talent and there's fit in there too and so you, you got to have both i guess is my answer i mean i don't know if there's one that's more important than the other but you certainly the talent probably trumps but some players are less talented that have fit for whatever reason whether it's intelligence whether it's character whether it's just they they fit a little position specific niche that we really need those things they have you have to have them both but it's varying degrees of what's more important and I think you know, that the more you can find, and our scouts do an incredible job of understanding from the coaches, they go into the coaches' meetings and understanding what we're looking for at each player, so when they go out on the road to colleges, they can see, okay, this guy has the traits that we're looking for both physically and mentally to fit what we do on defense, which may be different than the Rams or the Seahawks or the Cardinals or whoever it is, but finding players later in the draft that fit us specifically is a big deal. And our scouts do an excellent job of really learning that and then applying it and and identifying this is
4: a great 49er because of this, this, and this. Do you spend time educating your scouts? I mean, are there sessions at the 49ers of this is what we want you to be? Yeah. And I think, well, really what it started with was when Kyle
5: and his staff came in, they showed us all videos really of, okay, this is what an X receiver looks like. This is what a Z receiver looks like. This is what an F receiver, and it's very specific to every single position. So it makes it, it makes our job so much easier when the coaches do that. And then we'll have seminars when the scouts come out, you know, during training camp and the scouts also uh, are sitting in a lot of the coaches meetings, which is not like, it's not everywhere where the coaches allow you to sit in the meetings and they sit in the back and they, they take in, they take notes of what these guys are being taught, and what they're being asked to do, so they know the traits and, and uh, the athleticism and really p-
4: position-specific skills that they'll need. Sounds like a great idea. So, Adam, you've been to 21 Combines. Is that right?
5: Gosh, that's a good question. I, I think I've been probably 20 because one of them was, was canceled due to COVID. So yeah, 20, that's a lot of trips to Indianapolis. It's more trips than anybody should, I shouldn't say that because Indianapolis is a great place, but you know, in the winter,
4: it's not, it's not where I did. How important is the combine? What do you get from those few days with those kids? Yeah, it, it's very important. Um,
5: but it's not, it's not the most important. We We talk about it like it's a spoke on a wheel, right? And, you have this big wheel and there's little slices of pie, however you want to look at it. And it's a it's a small slice of the pie, but it's an important part of it where the biggest things we get, a lot of times you're you're seeing players physically for the first time if you haven't seen them out on the on the road. So that's a big deal, just to see what they look like, see how they move in person. And then we get to interview them. And it's a 15, 20 minute interview, but you get to get a feel for what makes this person tick and, and what type of, you know. How how does he learn football? What is, you know, what's his why? So that's those two are the biggest, two of the biggest things. And then the other really big part is the medical portion where um, they all go through physicals, pretty rigorous physicals. And we figure out the different things that, that may, you know, have red flags or they're totally clean medically. So you don't have any red flags about drafting them high. But there's a lot of times where guys will, fail physicals and, and they won't get drafted because of that. So oftentimes when you see these mock drafts at the beginning of the year and then at the end this guy is undrafted or six or seven round draft pick. It's just because we have all the information. A lot of it's medically and, and so it it stinks because you have, you know, a player who who him and his family think they're getting drafted in the first or second round and they drop all the way to the fifth or sixth because of that. So that's a hard part, but it's necessary for us. It's a physical game. It's a violent game and we need
4: Great. Let's talk about the draft. You guys do a great job, I think. Every draft is different. Uh, it's where you're, what round you're drafting in, where, uh, uh, you know, your needs are in the draft, those kind of things. We've already talked about it a little bit, the Niners way. Is there a Niners way of handling the draft?
5: Yeah, I think the the best way to put what, what we do here, and, and it's um, – it was really a revelation to me because even in New England and in Denver, we did it different ways, right? But the Niners, I would say if, if I'm trying to really articulate the 49ers way, it's, it's collaboration and synergy between co- coaches and the scouts. So there's none of the coach wants this guy and the scout wants this guy. And there's, there's headbutting, which you see at a lot of places. What we get is coach really likes this guy. The scout really likes this guy. And it's, it's more of a synergy collaboration. We work together. If the coach likes him a little better than the scout, we talk about it, watch more film, you show him a tape. This is why I like him for that. So by the end of the whole draft process, um, we really have uh, – it, it, everybody's on board. So we draft a guy in the second round, and he stinks. Well, it's everybody's fault. And if we draft a guy in the fifth round and he's awesome, well, everybody gets the credit. So I think that's what's held us together really well throughout all these years, and it's only gotten better in the trust and, and – the respect that we have for each other and, and the personnel and coaching side has been really, really good. So um, in terms of that, that's probably what I would, I, I'm most proud of being a part of is that. And and that, that's really uh, due to Kyle and John both
4: having no ego and just one wanting, wanting to win. And I'm sure the ownership has some trust in you just let you let it rip, so to speak.
5: Yeah. And, and I think Jed's done an incredible job of that. And, and, Trusting Kyle, trusting John, and then they've earned his trust by by having some success. But, I, you know, it's, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better ownership group in the New York family and giving not only us all the resources we need, but the players all the resources they need to to be successful. It's amazing what they do in terms of they, they've been a first-class organization ever since I was a little kid following them, and they've carried that along. And, and right now, we're still the same way. We get so many... Excuse me, so many players that come in as free agents from other places. I hear it every year all the time just you guys do this the right way. You know, we don't have anything. We don't have it. We don't need anything that we don't have and it's it's really a testament to the York family and how they take care of all of us.
4: This year you signed nine players in the draft. Your first pick was in the 3rd round. And then you have another 14 undrafted free agents. Is that kind of the number of this year's group? Yeah, I think thereabouts. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. And not all of these kids are going to make it, right? What are the traits that sustain them to have successful careers? I
5: think, um, you know, obviously you have to have the talent. Kyle talks about this all the time. You have to be in the club, right? So you have to be in the club, you have to have the requisite talent. But then it's the things that we were talking about earlier the 49er spirit. So it's the mental toughness. Do you love the game? Are you available? Are you? Do you have football intelligence? And that doesn't mean you have to be a genius with a 4.0. You just have to know how to understand how to play football and understand what we're doing offensively and defensively. So, the faster you can get in, get on board with all of that and and become what we would say a pro and and being on time, you know, being having a routine, knowing where you're going to be all the time. Those are the things that help young players who really nowadays there's not a whole lot of time to practice and prepare. So they have to take advantage of every minute. And the guys that do that at an early age are the ones that usually excel and kind play earlier.
4: Are there any sleepers that you can mention? I don't know if that's a fair question, but you, you probably like a lot of these kids. But are there any of these kids that you know will light it up? Yeah, it's hard to single out guys right now. They've only
5: gone through about four or five practices right now, including the rookie minicamp. But – I think I can talk about, you know, our our rookie class in general and how the great job our scouts did identifying guys, because we had a challenge, right? We didn't have a first, our first, second, first round pick, second round pick, or third round pick or a fourth round pick. So all we had were some, some compensatory third round picks and then later picks. So it was a real challenge to find a lot of guys because we're looking at the draft and there's, 86 guys got picked before we had a chance, and that was just from trading up. So um, that's a lot of really good players that you're missing. So to be happy with the class that we had from when we started at pick 87 and finished it at, what, 250-something, 252 was that, with Braden. Um, it was uh, – so I, I, I really like all of them, and I know we all really like all of them. It's a testament to to the hard work that our scouts have put in and, and the work they've, they've put in with the coaches.
4: When you have a year where you don't have the first or second picks like this year, you used them in a trade earlier or or however that worked. Is there much that you can prognosticate of how those holes are going to affect you down the road? I know you're probably going to take a flyer or or, uh, maybe not on guys that you are going to give a first round pick for.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think – you know obviously you're, if you're trading that draft capital you really believe in whatever you're getting for that and, and with with trey who we traded some first round picks for and then christian mccaffrey obviously we traded second third and fourth and fifth round picks for um you know i would I would make that trade any day personally if, if it was my decision to make it and but you know you, you even though you don't have a first or second round pick you still have to scout all those guys because you never know if you come up with a first or second round pick somehow you trade somebody, you get that. So we're still doing all the work on all those players. Plus you get all the information from them when they become free agents in four years or if they get cut or if they get traded in a few years. So, you know, even though you're not in a you know, you can't draft any of them most likely, you still have to do all the work because of that little bit of a sliver of a chance that that you do get a chance
4: to get them in, in, in a later year. Yeah, and that pro side is a whole different world. I had a buddy of mine that worked for the Bears, and he had every player in the NFL on this board with a rating on each one of them. So he could just look up there quickly and see how they rated this tight end, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you guys have something like that. It's a crazy world you're living in. Adam, we're going to get rolling on this, but I believe you love it there. And your family is happy. It doesn't get any better than that, right?
5: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. When you can be in a place where, at least where I grew up, Right. And my family loves it here. My girls love it. Um, work with great guys like Petey over here. I work with John. Work with Kyle. Our whole scouting staff. It's been, has you know, been an incredible experience. And and uh, you know, I, you know, there's they say that, you know the grass isn't greener. And this is a great place to be. And I love to be here for a long time. So
4: and so, I don't need to ask what's next for you, brother. In your mind, you're set there, right? And you're in the perfect spot. Yeah, what's next? we got practice in about 30 minutes. That's about how far I'm looking at. All right, I'm going to let you go now. I, I sure appreciate you joining me, Adam, on the podcast. Uh, we'll talk soon, and uh, I, I always appreciate you and, and really enjoy being around you, brother. Hey, folks, that was Adam Peters, Assistant General Manager of the San Francisco 49ers. This is Coach Randy Taylor from the Up On Game Network, Taylor Scouting Podcast. You can find us on the Up On Game Presents on YouTube, Taylor Scouting. And you can find us on all of your uh, podcasts at at either iHeartRadio, Apple, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Rate and review us, please. We need that. We always got to get better. And uh, I sure look forward to joining you again. Again, Taylor Scouting, the Up on Game Network, and I appreciate y'all. Infinity
1: presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.